In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's Marriages We Admire with John and Susie. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the cute diggity dog, in the Nelson family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie. Hello. John and Susie. <laughs> Welcome. What's up? What's up, everybody? What's Thank up? you for having us. This is yeah. nice. It is. Uh, thanks for opening up your home and being a part of this experiment. And uh, we are just very, very happy to, to have you on the show. We have an exciting story for you guys today. Um, Mr. Costco John. His wife, Susie, and uh, the Moran family in kind of a, a unique way that, uh, that we met and somehow became fast friends. And uh, it's been, I think, December the 4th. December the 3rd is the first day we met, you know, and now we're in the new year of uh, January the 2nd. So Days shy of the month. Wow, that's awesome. Our one-month friend anniversary is coming up here. So <laughs> you know what I'll do is uh, our audience gets to listen to me talk a lot. So, John, Susie, I'll let you have the microphone first, but, John, maybe you can uh, tell your version of how we met, and then we'll talk about marriage. All right, all right. Well, like I said, thank you for having us here. Um, I think I'm more nervous than I thought I would be. What? Uh, it's just so exciting being in the presence of <laughs> <laughs> the Moran family. Uh, wow. I think uh, it's been how many days? Since we've known them, well, he uh, said less the than a third. month, right? Yeah, so a day shy of a whole month. Yeah. Uh, I I'd say, that. what do so we got? Two, one more day. Yeah, one yeah. day. Wow, so, so we are going to be shy. a month. Yeah, yeah. man, you better, said. you better do something big for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Friendship kind of turned out the way we did. Like we bumped into each other, and then like we've been together every day since, right? Yeah, kind of the same scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that's hey, what I was sharing. thinking. How many days have we not been away from them ever since? <laughs> so I think we've broken all the rules with them. So. I'm pulling up to Costco in uh, what we call the Black Mamba, which is our 15th passenger. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually I'm riding solo on that, or if not, I have like a child or two with me. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I think I was supposed to head out to, um, what was it? Uh, Where were you going? I know uh, you were first. getting propane. I know that. Right, right. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, you headed to Goodwill. That's right, that's right. of a whole bunch of stuff. No, no, not Goodwill. Salvation Army. Oh. Right, so that's where I was heading out. But then something told me, hey, let me go ahead and turn in here. Let me get these propane tanks filled up. And uh, I figured, hey, let me park somewhere closer to the propane area. Where and you never <laughs> parked before. Yeah, that's what usually. happened. Yeah. So I'm sitting here opening the back doors, and I'm getting out, and I see this these people walking up. <laughs> and they're looking at me all kinds of strange. <laughs> and I'm like, over you go. But then the dude ends up being really nice, says hello, and reaches out and I'm like, hey, how's it going? He says, hey man, nice van you got going. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, you know? But I think he was setting me up for a punchline or something on yep, that. Yep, admittedly <laughs> so. Yeah, but you know, I mean, so I'm, I'm obviously I'm black. Is it all right to say that? Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm pulling stuff out of the back of the van and uh, they look at me and behold, I find out later that they have the same darn van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I need to know what you all were thinking. 
you know, that's my main thing. Yeah. Jeannie can fill you in on that part. I um didn't see the stickers on my van because I have a very distinct vehicle. And I looked up and I was like, I know that is not somebody getting in my car. <laughs> and he looked up and he was like, no, babe, that's that's not our car. Ours is back there. We just couldn't see it because Mamba was blocking mine. Oh, okay. And I was like, all right, all right, we're good. And then he set you up for the joke because we have a van just like it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it took me a second, but I'm... I'm just like that with my car. It doesn't matter if you're black or not. If you're near my vehicle, it is very simple. Why are you touching my car? Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know if it's obvious because that you're black because you have a black van. Because I have a black van, and I'm not black. So, was this was, nighttime? What's the name no. of your van? What did we decide Black on? Lightning. Yeah, black. I told, I told her we should switch it to Black Dynamite because Black Dynamite's oh. cool. Oh, okay. Dynamite comes in small packages, though. That van is anything but small. Yeah. It's yeah. a reference to the movie. It's like a kung fu movie. Okay. That nobody's well, seen. Ever since exactly. then. Exactly. <laughs> I know me and Josh have seen it, so there's at least two people. <laughs> All right, so we met... Uh, so we met in the Costco parking lot, and Jeannie never parks on that side. And wow. really, I wasn't really supposed Who to never? be there. Because yeah. um, generally during the week, we don't go to Costco, but we had something we mm -hmm. had to get done. So and I don't go to Costco without you. I refuse. Ooh. And we were actually supposed to be there what I thought was a different time. So we were, we were like in between times when we were supposed to be there. And uh, I'm walking out and see this dude standing in the back of the van. And I, w I almost didn't say anything, but it was just too good to, I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> To say, you know, it's like if somebody's wearing the same shirt you're wearing, it's like, that's a great shirt. It looks yeah. great on you. Exactly. So it's like great man and, you know, yeah. kind man. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, thanks. And, you know, so it's like, well, I just, I was telling you because I have one just like yeah. it right over there. You know, I felt kind of bad because when you did ask me, um, after actually telling me how many children you had, you're like, well, how many kids do you have, you know, since you've got this black van? And I kind of gulped and felt really ashamed to say, <laughs> oh, four. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got this big old vehicle then? You know? uh, so I was blown away, heard how many kids you had, got to meet one that day. Uh, and that was oh, Sophia, yeah. the, Sophia first. the first. Yeah, got to meet the first one, which was Sophia the first. <laughs> and uh, I think it was the next day that. I had no idea how I convinced y'all to let me in your house. <laughs> you know? We don't either. The kids are still trying to figure that out. You know? well, so you had a character, huh? Yeah. Well, not for me, but for Jeannie. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. So you, you called the next day. You told me to text you. Never told me that your name was John directly, but mm. you're like, you know, we're the Nelsons, and you said in there you're John. So oh, okay. I was getting your phone number, saying, hey, you're John Nelson. You're mm. all... How do you know my name is John? <coughs> like, yeah, you said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I sent you that. I think I sent you the podcast, and you listened to an episode yeah. of the podcast. And then the next day, you called. Yeah. And uh, we were headed to um, the parade. Mm, that's what it was. Uh, you were going to the parade, too, oddly enough. Yeah. yeah and my, then yeah. go ahead if you had something else. Go ahead. No, no, I think it was my wife's idea to go to the parade. Yeah, he wouldn't want to go to the parade if it was just my idea. And he's like, wait, I think the Morans are going to be there, too. Yeah, let's go. I was like, wow. Okay, <laughs> yes, only because they're going to be there, right? But fine, I want to go anyways, so yes. I love friendships. So any <laughs> any opportunity that I get to spend some time with some friends here, I'm, I'm going to. Yeah. Because yeah. who does that nowadays? We're usually the yeah, ones that are so constantly true. like waving or saying hi to people, and then people are just like. 
covering yeah. their face. Like, Six feet. don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're like, why are they talking to me? So try yeah. to give somebody our number or something. They're oh, well, you know, uh, how oh, about we don't know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was good. It was good. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that day, um, you know, that Saturday, Jeannie and I, um, we were gone for Thanksgiving and we were doing our Thanksgiving the next, you know, that Saturday, the fourth. And but the Alabama game was going to be on, but uh, you know, I just kind of opened the invitation and said, "Hey," because my family was supposed to show up, and then come to find out, you know, the day before they're like, "No, we're not coming." So it was all—it was kind of too late at that point. And uh, we have a lot of people in our family, so the food would have been consumed Ooh. either way. But uh, it just worked out. I just don't think John was quite expecting what he got when we said, "Come watch the game." We should have prefaced with Quincy will not be talking to anybody. He will be watching the game. I talked to everybody every single touchdown. Okay. I came to you and gave you high five. And these six people sat at the table like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. Why is the guy screaming at the TV? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I thought white people could have danced. Yeah. But hey, John got to meet all the kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to spend time with everybody. Oh, yeah. And I think by talking to us, he means every time – his team scores, he goes, he finds his wife, and he gives her a kiss every time. Yep. And, and if we you just got a high five. If you're right. in the roadway, yeah. you get a high yeah. five. Yeah, if you happen to be in the way there, we were in the then middle. You, might, you might get a high five or maybe like a, hey, are you cool? <laughs> or a fist bump. You're good, right? You're and good? then he's back. Hey, you know? okay. Yeah. I give you a roll tide and a fist yeah, bump. There you go. Yeah. Roll tide. There you go. Roll <laughs> tide. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So, yeah. So the first night, uh, I think I don't think you guys liked me much, so you left. Oh gosh, and, uh, it's just not that we didn't like you. We, I didn't we just say didn't that. have anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have anything negative to say, honestly. Nope. Like, oh, he couldn't have nice. not liked us that much because he came back the next yeah. day with treats for the dog. Yeah. Exactly. I did not Very not Dexter like you. Any <laughs> excuse to come back, yeah. right? Yeah. We just couldn't get enough of you guys. I don't know. There was something about you guys that yeah. he's just like, no, I really, really need to be around them. Like, mm-hmm. okay then. Bye. I still claim the Dexter tendencies. Oh, no. <laughs> and I thought that was good. Checking so, every room, wanting yeah. to see everything. And I told, uh, when I told Anissa, we were walking back to the van after the parade, and I said, oh, we got a friend coming over to uh, to Thanksgiving today. I met him yesterday. And she's like, are you crazy? What if he's a murderer like Dexter? <laughs> So I just told John, I was like, she thinks you're a murderer and you're going to kill us like oh, Dexter. So. Okay, our own fault. We had just introduced him to Dexter like two days before that, and oh, they had watched wow. probably like seven or eight episodes straight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was yeah. like, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. We don't want strangers in the house. We don't mm-hmm. know what he's going to mm-hmm. do. Exactly. And, of course, he played on every single exactly. joke. Exactly. <laughs> he just kept what pushing it, pushing it, making it more suspicious. It was yep. great. It was great. Yeah. And. The reason I, I think it's very important just for us to talk about this story is because mm-hmm. you are exactly the opposite of what people normally do with the Moran family because we're mm-hmm. a lot. They see us coming. They run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what it feels like, and maybe that's not it. Maybe it's our own insecurity, but with us mm-hmm. being so big, having so much autism show its face, it's not typical that people come to our house and then you know want to come back for more. Some family mm-hmm. members, some friends, but it's just it's not – a typical situation for mm-hmm. us so i thought it was very important for us to kind of mm-hmm. give context about how we met you and it's like well how can you admire, admire their marriage you've only known them for a month it's <laughs> like well it's their marriage it's their family it's their heart for people um we've kind of learned a lot about 
each other mm. in the past month. Yeah, and I think it's because we're also like really invitational. Mm-hmm. We open up everything. We let you in. Uh, our home is open to everyone, and I think you all walking in and seeing that maybe for yourself, and also me walking into your house. <laughs> In. Yeah, mine's not so invitational. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Y'all don't yeah. just show up at my yeah. door because you're not John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not John. Yeah. You're not Susie. There you're not the Fab Four. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, but yeah, um, you know, we just first, I think I want to say thanks. Really appreciate the love that you all have actually given us. Uh, and I think we walked into each other's lives really not understanding how much we probably needed each other. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, we have been going through some, you know, internal things and stuff. And for those who, who don't know, we, we do have a 501c3. We do have a ministry here at the house. So that's also accepting a lot of outsiders coming in, mm-hmm. looking at your home and at your lifestyle. And then, pre- yeah, give, <laughs> but, but we kind of give them the freedom to do that by inviting them into our home, you know, and that it kind of comes with the territory you know, judgment and whatever else. But, you know, also there's a lot of good things that come from it as well. But we were at that time just in the middle of just, oh, man, like. Are there any other good people in this world? Honestly, like everyone is evil, you know. It's like they're good for two minutes and then it's like, really? This whole time you were evil? (laughs) Church face. Yes. Yes. Mm. Church face. I don't think everybody's evil. I think, you know. Obviously, but that's it, just it the mentality or where we were at at that moment that it's like, really, mm. there's no good people. You know, mm. you just get discouraged yeah. sometimes. I think because we are more about loyalty mm-hmm. and um, I'm the type of guy that if I'm close with you. I'm I'm a protector. So I think that that's how I am. I'm a protector. I love you. You're you're in my life. You're my friend. You're my yeah. family, whatever it is. And if I even hear or think that anyone is trying to harm you or doing anything, I don't know, like that that sense kind of comes out if you want to call it sixth sense or kind of <laughs> like that fire starts to burn in me mm-hmm. and i believe that when i when i'm experiencing that when i i feel like maybe we're being persecuted or attacked or someone's coming coming against us i think naturally because we judge the way that we live our lives i think that my expectation is for others to come alongside us and then do the same you yeah. know fight for us protect for us you know protect us i mean this is you know, to me, friendship and relationships are very valuable. Like that's that's more than money, more than anything. Mm-hmm. So when you know I'm being attacked or anything like that, and I feel like others kind of throw their hands up or take a step back and say, "Well, that's that's not for me," and I, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to get involved. That's your department. You're a pastor. Right. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. that you're supposed to protect the sheep. But yeah. here's the thing: mm-hmm. if you look at it from the perspective of marriage, your job as a husband is to protect your wife. Mm. Right? Yeah. So that's natural in you to be mm. the protector. It, it is what you are. He's the same way with me. Anything mm. can come against anybody, but if you come against me or the kids, there is a whole different side of Quincy than anybody will ever see. Mm. I've only seen it a few times in my life, and it's scary. But <laughs> who does that for you? Right. You know, you guys yeah. can protect each other, but sometimes you need somebody else to come alongside mm. and mm. help. That's that's why we do what we do with this because not everybody has that help, mm. you know. Mm. When things are, are hard and you're struggling through it, sometimes even as a husband and a wife, you can't, you just can't see straight with each other because you can't. How how do you do that when you're in protective mode? How do you be vulnerable with somebody and be protective at the same time? Mm-hmm. It's not easy, and yeah. it's a place of. Um, it's definitely a place of vulnerability. 
Um, and one of the things that uh, it's like one of my life philosophies that I that I abide by is um, if you can make sense of this is it's hard to see uh, the picture when you're standing in the frame. But those of us who are outside and can see your picture, those are the people that you need while you're in the middle of something or so close to something. You need them to come alongside you, to be around you, to protect you. And I think I think that's probably, you know, whatever cosmic situation happened. I think you, your family and our family, we've had some deep wounds. Mm-hmm. Not together. We, we didn't even know each other. Mm-hmm. But there's a place there where we can relate because it's been so many times where you've been disappointed or hurt or badly wounded by people that were supposed to be close to you, people that were supposed to have your back, people that had your best interest and that you had been in the trenches Mm -hmm. with, and then they left. Mm -hmm. And we've been in that situation, you know, with family or friends, and, you know, it's just that's a very difficult thing, and it's sometimes it's really good to have people in your life. Sad for you, you've been through it, but at least we can relate to that. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a place where, you know, we can connect because I'm a firm believer that if you're in the if you're in the ministry, people suffer anyway in this life. It's just a part of life. But when you're in the ministry, man, they save the are high. they save the special ones for you, and that's just uh, that's <laughs> just the way. It is. Every wow. family has wow. one. Every five hundred one c three has about ten. Oh, wow. <laughs> just saying. Yes. So yes. I think that's where that's that was why it was you you know important for me to get the story out of how we met it was mm-hmm. like by chance but not really by Dude, chance it's, it's not just chance okay you meet a guy in costco we have the same car okay <laughs> literally he's the same. he's got four kids we've got nine our our son this is not my fault this is our son's fault so y'all take it up mm-hmm. with him for the verbiage but as soon as they came over there's all these kids you know and john and Susie and their kids and then here comes shane Okay, he's mm-hmm. the white kid that doesn't look like he belongs here, but he's there. So Josiah, first thing he says is, Mama, what? You see this, right? Like they're the reverse of us. Yes. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I'm not going to say anything, but that was how he took it. And it just, it was so funny. But then Nicholas comes in the room and I was telling John, I'm like, I right, Jehovah sneaky on that one because mm-hmm. autism is something that's very, very, very easy for me to just accept. Yeah. There, there's no wall there. I can't yeah. have a wall there. And as soon as I met Nicholas, I was like, oh, come on in. Sit him down, do whatever he wants. He's He can have He's whatever welcome. he wants to do. That's fine. And it was just one of those places that I don't trust Evie. I never trust mm-hmm. Evie. Most people that come to our house to meet us, you can ask him. I will stay in the kitchen away from you, and I won't talk. Mm-hmm. You meet him, you meet the kids, I'm going to watch you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it wasn't like that at all. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not just that we accidentally met. There has to be something mm-hmm. more to that. Yeah. Especially if I let my walls down, all the kids are like, dad, dad, what's going on with her? Dad. Do something about mom. <laughs> She's out of character over here. Yeah. <laughs> Josiah, especially, he come over and he's just like, really? <laughs> You're I was okay trusting with you to take care of this. <laughs> that's right. So that's kind of how our story began, mm-hmm. you know, and even though, I was so rude and watched. I, I did inform you I was going to watch the game. You did. So mm-hmm. I did put that disclaimer out there. Yeah. Didn't, you didn't know what you were in store for, but yeah. it was there. Um, <laughs> with that being said, the next game, you know, somehow you came up with something to do and didn't show up. So I must have just made a bad no. impression. No, no, the next time they came over, we were watching hockey. Oh. 
and they brought two friends over to meet us with their girls and that was the night that i was like y'all are here but i ain't here i'm watching the game over there they're watching ufc on one tv and i was watching hockey on the other tv and Every time somebody's asking me questions, they're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we have our, we both have our things. So with that being said, that is like foundational for how we met yes. just yeah. about a month ago. Yep, in a nutshell. And y'all have a compelling story. You have a beautiful family. Um, you have a heart for the community. And so if you would, however long you want to take, just tell us your story, how you met. Do you want to tell the right version, or do you want him to tell it? I know, right? There's always two versions. No, there's not. There is one version. It's just that you forget. Whether baskets were being held on heads or not. Just get your popcorn ready. Oh, God. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to take the lead on this Just the short version, not the you were born on this day and traveled miles. They want to know how we met. We're going to tell them how we met. Okay. okay. Right. That's how we're gonna yeah. do. You know, do it. Tell them how we met. Do it. <laughs> so once upon a time. No, no, no. So way down in the hood. No. Yeah. So, um, yeah. My mother had just came uh, from Panama, so I'm originally Panamanian. So my mother had just came to Panama. I, I've been in the states for, for years. Lived in San Diego. Um, she was getting her things together. Asked if uh, I'll be willing to want to move with her to L.A. Inglewood, to be exact. Inglewood! Yeah. And uh, literally up to no good. Um, hey, was that for the next episode of your life? Oh, <laughs> So we, I get there. We, uh, I move in with my mom. We, we get there at nighttime. We move to 102nd Street, Prairie. I mean, I mean, you're talking hood as it gets. Uh, literally the... What was happening when you actually moved up? So when day? I moved up, yeah, that night, uh, we see a bunch of, like, Tongans uh, flipping over an ice cream truck. <laughs> wow. You know Tongans, right? Moana? Yeah. Like, I mean, they, big... these people are huge. Yeah. Right? And uh, especially compared to me. Yeah, they're flipping it over. Um, scary. Before <laughs> that, my, co- my cousins tell me, hey, you're moving to gang territory. You know, you're not, you're not going to be in the country anymore. Oh, my God. So we're moving up there, and that's the first thing I see. Good Lord, help me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So we move into the apartment. We, I stay inside, and uh, but the next morning, uh, I open up the blinds, and uh, I see this girl. How uh, old were you at this probably, time? How old were you? I was what? Thirteen. Uh, Thirteen, going on fourteen. Probably. You know, or fourteen. But I think I was about fourteen by then. Yeah, I'm three and years you were, younger and than you. And you were, you're ten or eleven, yeah, yeah, at that time. And uh, anyhow, anyway, so I see this. Uh, this beautiful girl just with a basket on her head. That, that's this, what I saw. This, this is where it becomes debatable because never in my life right. would I put a basket. I'm not living in Guatemala. I'm from Guatemala, so, yes, but I was so not So the thing is she in. didn't see me, so she didn't see that I was seeing what she was doing. <laughs> anyway, I, I get out. I, I can't see her any further through the window, so I actually literally have to get out. So I get out of the apartment. And I wait for her to get some distance, and I start following her. And it's about a not thirty. Not creepy at all. Not yeah. creepy it's at all. It's a thirty-seven no. unit apartment. So this is a pattern, is what I'm hearing. No, <laughs> it is. It's a pattern. <laughs> following. It works for behind. me. <laughs> no, it works for me, right? So she's walking down this super long uh, kind of corridor thing going on, and I can't see her anymore because there are some stairs leading to what I found out later that was a little laundry mat, you know, in the back of the apartment units. Mm-hmm. So. I can't see her anymore, and I'm on my way back, and I, there's this kid that just starts uh, 
asking me, hey, kid, are you new? And I was like, yeah, yeah, hey, you want to come in and play some Nintendo? And I'm like, uh, sure, you know, like go in his apartment. About 20 minutes later, who walks through those doors? Uh, it's the same girl, right? Um, it is a pattern. And, I, and, I, <laughs> and I say, hey, who is that? You know, he says, oh, that's just my cousin Susie. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And there was an upstairs to the apartment. I'm mm-hmm. playing with him. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, hey, when do you think she's going to come downstairs? <laughs> and he's like, well, why do you care? Now he's like nine. I'm like 14 or something. Yeah. And uh, maybe he was 10. I think Cousin Tony was about 10 maybe. Anyhow, so she finally comes down. I put the controllers down. I stand up in front of her. And I, you know, <laughs> hey, <clears throat> uh, I'm John. What's your name? And she just kind of. Now I have my hand out like to shake her hand. She doesn't take my hand. She just kind of looks me up and down and says, Susanna. <laughs> and I'm like, That's my okay. name. Yeah. So Formal. Listen, if you find out anything about my wife Susie here is that if she says Susanna, that means she doesn't like you. <laughs> okay. Not, that's not what it is. It's so, just we'll tell that we'll tell formal. the other story of oh how that gosh. connects to this at another time. <laughs> but so that's what she does. She walks away. I'm like, I'm in love. This is great. I wait for her to leave and then, you know, run back to my apartment. And uh, she's in apartment six and I live in apartment five. So right we're next, next door, door neighbors. Next door neighbors. Yep. I go know? in, tell my little brother, hey, I just met this girl and I'm going to marry her one day. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he actually forgot that he said that. And when we were actually getting married, didn't he bring it up then? Yeah, my brother brought it back up. Yeah, he's like, do you yeah. remember that one time? Yeah. You had totally forgotten yeah. you did that. So the thing about it is, like we talked about, there was an age difference. So it was always a problem. You know how it is, right? At least I think you know how it is uh, for those of you who are out there. So I'm in high school. She's not. Now I'm a senior. You know, she's a freshman. I'm a big brother in like the fraternities. And you know what I mean? So she comes in. uh, I always have this love for her, but it's kind of one that I have to keep to myself and not really, because everyone knew. Even if you were keeping it to yourself, everybody yeah. knew. Like Susie, Susie, you know John has a crush on me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's just John. It's okay. Like I just we were decided. Still friends. Yeah, I just decided for her to turn a, a proper age, and when she turned 20 years old. That's when I just, you know, obviously a lot of things happened between there. Where me working, me being gone, not seeing her for a bit, and then eventually seeing her again, and then. Uh, you weren't yeah. playing any games then when you came back. Oh, yeah. Just I, I just want to get married now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so done with all of that. And, uh, and just by chance, you went back to sort of the na- same neighborhood. Yeah, actually, it was funny because um, when I, uh, when I, after I graduated from high school, I uh, did some college, went to El Camino, and then after that, started going to trade school. Then I went to Santa Monica. Then I went to try to get my stuff in computer technology. But anyway, became an electrician. All of that led to me being an electrician. <laughs> and uh, I was working at NASDAQ, the, the shipbuilding yard down in, in, in San Diego. And uh, I just wanted to come back. Wanted to go back to L.A. and up moving back to Inglewood. And uh, that's where I saw her cousin. And uh, hadn't by seen chance. her. In, yeah, by chance. Just happened See, to go outside. all these coincidences. Was it at Costco? No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. What do you know about Costco then? And that was it, you know. Asked for her number and yeah, uh, met up with you. And, you know, we chatted. Dated for a couple of months and then got married like six months after meeting, seeing her again. We just that's what happened. Mm-hmm. God is good. <laughs> that's right. I'm saving you guys a lot of time by not going into details of all the other things. So, of but I'm sure little things between. might come out here and there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. But so, yep. 
Susie, is there anything that you want to add or take away from that story? Uh, we're not going to get into technicalities, but no. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it pretty much happened. He was set on being ready and just telling me exactly how he felt. And he wasn't playing any games. And I was in a relationship. And he's pretty much just selling me on, like, that guy is no good for you. Like, I'm going to take care of you and all this and all that. She wasn't so, just in a relationship. She was engaged. We're not going to talk about the details so. he said. But that was my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I always saw her as my wife. Yes. You know? And that's how it happened. Yeah. And he won in the yeah. end. So. And there is an unwritten rule that goes like, I saw her first. Right? So You called dibs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when yeah. I was 11. Yep. Yeah. And I had to wait. So. Charles like, I put in the time. No. Exactly. Yeah, I, I waited all these years. Yeah. Yep. So here we are, what, 20 years later. Yeah. It's going to be a 20-year anniversary. In August, so. Yep. How exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving towards the big 20. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dang, it's kind of weird even saying that. I know, right? I still feel like we were just in high school. <sighs> so many no, years don't ago. do that again. <laughs> <laughs> One of you were in high school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. You're going backwards there, buddy. Don't do it. You're going to have to go through the torture again. <laughs> That's funny. At least uh, I thought it was funny. Probably bad taste. Um <laughs> So talk to me, um, talk to us, talk to the audience, you know, about what, what does marriage mean to you? I give each of you a little bit of time, you know, just to, just to talk about what marriage means to you. You want to go first? You can go first. Go ahead. Hmm. So I know that for one thing, marriage is very special. Um, reason I'm saying that is because before Susie, during my, uh, time away working and kind of you know growing up if you will um i had two maybe three opportunities to get married in fact i was going to get married uh with previous girls for whatever reasons uh family had a lot of involvement in that and uh each one i uh i i I declined i didn't want to do it um the very last one you know my family was very upset with me they didn't talk to me for almost a year and a half uh they felt that that was a great uh, person to get married to they thought everything was going to be great and fantastic they really liked uh this particular uh girl and um and she was she was you know she was fine and everything you know when it comes to all those things but uh i did tell my family that i felt i've always felt like the lord had already put in my heart that i was going to get married for out of love mm-hmm. uh, and that was a big problem for my family uh for whatever their reasons at the time i don't i don't know if they feel the same about things now obviously people they grow and, and we get there when we get there. Uh, but I think time has proven that that to be true. Um, you know, I had a family member that said, well, you know, like love isn't going to pay the bills or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not going to get you to where you want. And, you know, look at me and my significant other. And we didn't necessarily need to love each other. But, you know, uh, but for myself, I believed highly. And I thought that that was directly a word from God to me. And uh, seeing that, you know. I mean, I've been knowing her for 29 years now, right? So 10 years before I even asked her, you know, 19 years of being married, and now we're about to go on 30 years together of just, you know, I mean, come on, like time has been evident proving this to be true. So, um, yeah, I I, I look at it as something sacred, something that's very special, um, and it is something that, uh, like, isn't just that I care for her or that she just cares for me but is what we're willing to give up for one another. Mm-hmm. Like I care more about her happiness or she cares more about my happiness 
um, than her own. I care more about hers than my own. You get it? Um, so when we when we live our lives like that, you get to see the evidence of it even through your children. You know, the kids. And um, I know that this might sound really mean to a lot of people out there. And and you know, I I honestly uh, I would challenge anyone out there who who would like to challenge me on this this fact that I believe in my personal opinion is a fact. I don't even know if that's even legal to say that. <laughs> But to me, here. to me, this is how I personally feel is that um, and I've told this to my children and I, and I think it was hard at first and hearing it. But now they 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 they, they talk to me and they say, hey, dad, you know, you know, we believe in that. We thank you so much for, for bringing that up. And what that is, is I've actually had to tell them, listen, I love your mother more than I love you. And uh, I said, one day you're going to leave. One day you're going to go off. You're going to get married. You're going to have your own life. Um, and it's important for me to continue to promote, you know, this woman's happiness and to be there for her. Uh, and I think that one day when they grow up and when they when they get married, they'll understand it. And, and as we've seen the evidence of that, we have one 18-year-old who's off to college. I mean, technically, she's at the house right now <laughs> on vacation, and she kind of comes every weekend. And that's, we love you, Eliza. Um, <laughs> you know, you're always welcome to come back. And she brings her friends. Hey, you know. But, um. Uh, but I think that the time has been evidence and proven that that now that same concept is one that she is actually not only carrying with her, but she's actually promoting to even her peers. So they come asking for advice about relationships and things like that. So to me, you know, that's how I feel about marriage. I don't know if that was even a question. I went <laughs> off on a rant. <laughs> was I monologuing? I'm sorry. <laughs> We've come to the right place. We're, yeah. Oh, man. Hey, our audience is like... They are they they know what monologue is about. Mm -hmm. I mean, because they listen to me often. Okay. But it was a great answer. Great answer. Um, and the reason it's a great answer is because authentically, it's what's in your heart. It's what you it's what you believe, and it's mm -hmm. how you know you're intentional about approaching your relationship. You know, and anybody who's married knows that. You know. You can have a whole lot of good intentions, but if you don't back that up with actions. Mm -hmm. Amen, really. brother. It's, <laughs> it's worthless, right? It's the the words become worthless. So, Susie, yeah, talk to us about you know what what is marriage? What does marriage mean? I think that's like the relationship that you actually get to pick. You know, because it's like you don't yeah. pick your parents, you don't pick your siblings. You know, I mean, yeah, you can pick a friendship until that's over, but it's like the lifelong relationship that you pick. You know, and mm -hmm. then covenant. Like, that's just such a strong word that it's like, I just feel marriage has been cheapened over the last however long, you know? It's just a piece of paper. They could be over and done with it, throw it away, get a divorce, yeah. and it's like on to the next, you know? But honestly, yeah, marriage is pretty much our way of choosing each other and honestly building a legacy for our kids and for their kids, you know? Yeah. Living... Um, obviously a life that's worthy of his calling and raising the kids, you know, in a good positive way where they're going to go and then they'll teach their kids and then their own kids, you know. So it's not something that you can just ship out as soon as <laughs> something gets hard because, I mean, what's the fun of that? And then what happens if you do that once? Honestly, the way I look at it is like you're going to continue doing it, you know. Yep. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Exactly. So it's like... I mean, we've gone through ups and downs, you know, mm -hmm. several issues, 
And it's like, yeah, I even had people tell me like, oh, you need to leave. This is a perfect opportunity for you to like leave this relationship. And mm. no, it's like that's when you actually <clears throat> stick through it and work through it. And that's pretty much where you put your money where your mouth is. Or yep. how does that mm-hmm. saying go? That's yeah. it. You know, so it's like the one person that you choose to love forever until he dies i die i told him i'm like i don't believe in divorce but i will believe in murder you know so (laughs) we've had those conversations (laughs) it's hilarious so that's the only way we're gonna be over and done Mm -hmm. is if somebody dies Mm -hmm. by my hand or (laughs) don't quote me maybe she's dexter (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there's a reason why i'm always quiet right no, but I mean, I am really passionate about that. Like, I'm a really solid person, and, you know, I love commitment, and having, you know, your yes be yes, your no be no. Absolutely. Like, be straight up. I don't like games. So, yeah, I just feel marriage is a great example, you know, not just to us, but everybody around you, you know? It's like the gospel you believe is what you do with everything. So it's like the basic. She means more of like, uh, yeah, so your marriage pretty much represents the the gospel that you believe in. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to showcase that. How much do you believe? Your marriage Mm -hmm. is going to show it. Uh, If you're ending this in divorce or in separation, I believe anything that ends in separation in any type of way truly shows internally the gospel that you actually believe in. Because the gospel itself is supposed to be good news. It's supposed to be our unity. It's supposed to be about uh, togetherness and a good godly structure. And when you see separation or someone leaving and walking away, then that right there, there is your answer. Uh, You know, Jesus never leaves. Mm -hmm. And even if when he did leave and he had to, he says, hey, it's good for me to leave, but I am going to, you know, send you a helper, someone that's going to help you to do even greater things than I am. I'm not leaving you alone. Right. Um, And I think that when we say that we love someone, but yet we say bye. (laughs) I love you until it gets too hard and then I'm out. Or we've been told, well, I'll love you. I'll love you at a distance. What does that even mean? That's, you know, it's almost like a cowardly way of like, well, I don't want you to be mad at me, but I can't do this with you anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like marriage is life. It's Mm -hmm. life together. Yeah. In fact, that's what a relationship is. A relationship is doing life together. I mean, we've had people who've come to us and says, well, you know, I, I don't really believe in marriage and getting married because if we do do this, then my family normally ends up in divorce if they get married. And, you know, marriage causes this and marriage causes problems. And the reality is that marriage doesn't cause anything. The reality is that marriage reveals what's, what was already there. Mm-hmm. A relationship with someone reveals what's already there. Right. So when somebody goes running for the hills or they decide that they want to walk out those doors or whatever, it's because it was already something there was that was revealed and they no longer either want to share that or they're ashamed of it or or you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or they don't they just don't want to do this. And um, I think if we were all like, you know, straight up with each other from very from the very beginning, we would have just really saved a lot of problems and heartaches. Mm -hmm. Right. But what we do in our marriages, we teach people how to come together, how to, um, I guess, well, I guess the meaning of our ministry is a ministry of reconciliation, how to reconcile first back to the Lord and then to one another, right? A lot of times people don't understand what it's like to have a relationship with God, a godly relationship, so they base it off of their hurts, their pains, their parents, or whatever, 
and they have a misconception of who God himself is. And then they bring that into the relationship and then you have all these issues. So we take these broken pieces and then we teach them how to rectify this, what God, what the scripture says and how it leads. And if we do it exactly like what the scripture says, then then our marriage now has a 100% chance to be victorious, right? right? Mm -hmm. Because now we have one thing in common, right? And that whatever that is, that one thing that's in common, which to us should be and is Jesus Christ, as long as he's at the center of this, then we're going to live a thriving and unified life together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. And uh, just some of the things that, uh, that stuck out to me um, is about choosing and committing. And I agree with you. It's like the it's like the value of what marriage actually is has been eroding for some time. Like mm-hmm. s- society seeks to s- destabilize that. Yep. And um, I mean, Jeannie and I were talking about it in an episode before this, that it's kind of like society seeks to destabilize everything that has anything to do with commitment and mm-hmm. personal responsibility. <coughs> And that's one of that's like one of the foundational principles that we that we follow is commitment in the in our relationship, Mm -hmm. because we've been, uh, you know, at our at the 10 year mark in our marriage, um, we had both considered that maybe we should walk away. And, you know, there was plenty of trauma in our relationship. There was chaos at home. Um, There was autism and health issues and. You know, when you take a step back and look at your situation and say, well, who in the world could relate to me more? You know, who could I who could I serve or love or um, support more than this woman? Mm -hmm. She's been through this with me. So it was that point that we made a choice Mm -hmm. and kind of recommitted and decided that we were going to do this thing called marriage with like great intentions doing this stuff on purpose and i do think you know we i received i don't know how many emails and they're heart-wrenching because it is men who are separated from their wife living in the same home separated wife sleeping in another room and you know it was it was terrible and there is an element of that it's like they would ask me what to do and i would talk to them about what to do and they would get mad at me <laughs> over email because I'm saying, here's, here's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, they would try it once and then just, you know, kind of attack me because it didn't work. And it's like, hey, it, one and done. it didn't. Yeah, it's like it didn't take you one it's time like to get to where you are. Push. I feel for you. Yeah. But this is going to be work. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, I was at the gym the other day and, and um, somebody asked me, what, what's the secret to marriage? And so I was like, oh, well, it's, here's A, B, and C. But later I thought about it, and it's like there is no secret to marriage. Mm-hmm. There's no secret. Yeah. It takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes commitment. Mm-hmm. It takes these things in order for it to work. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to be roommates or you're going to be divorced. Mm-hmm. And which way do you want to go? Mm-hmm. And so I love what y'all are talking about. I love that you bring up your faith because faith mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. I mean, that is, you know, the center point. That's one of the things that brought Jeannie and I together. It was, um, I saw her, this three by five card of her schedule and it was like prayer, Bible study, college, Bible study. I don't know. It was, a, it was a lot of things and there were prayer and Bible study all over it. And I was like, I have never seen this lady, but on paper, she's smoking hot. This is my kind of girl. So that was one of the things that brought us together. 
and it was a, one of the things that started to to push us apart because we almost didn't get married mm. because of my religious beliefs mm. and it, it all came down to one night deuteronomy 22 5 and it was almost over mm. about women it doesn't say pants but a woman shouldn't put on what pertains to a man if she mm. does she's an abomination to god completely out of context but in the Church of God in Alabama and the South and wherever else they are, it's like, if this woman wears pants, well, she's an abomination to God. You're not even supposed to come into the church and sit down and listen to a message if you are wearing pants. And they will tell mm -hmm. you at the end of the message, the next time you come, you can't be wearing that or you don't need to come in. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's, some, there, there's some hard stuff back there that I would not fit in well with. We'll yeah. just leave yeah. it there. Yeah. And some of that has evolved because, you know, we went out. My dad is a pastor now. We went out and... Uh, he has a beard. I'm so proud of him. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I, I don't know why. I didn't consider on this long 22-day trip that we went on, I forgot to have the girls pack a dress or a skirt or something so we could go I to didn't. church. <laughs> um, and I just told my dad, I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry, dude. I, it was my fault. I forgot. He said, son. Bring everybody to church. So he had kind of like evolved past mm. what our pastor, when I grew up, because I brought a girl to church. She was wearing pants, and he was like, tell her if she's not going to she's not gonna dress right, don't show up. Mm -mm. And I was like, something just yeah. didn't set well with me. Yeah. So, you know, knowing that where your foundation begins, it's Christ. Right. You know, and I've, we've told people before we're Christians, but we don't have a Christian podcast. And it's funny because... When people hear that I have a marriage podcast, they automatically assume it's church. <laughs> and there, there's a lot of those out there that are church. Yeah. But it's like, no, we're we're Christians. We have we're of the Christian faith, but this is not like a church podcast. This right. is about marriage and our life. Mm -hmm. It's the center of who we are. It's mm -hmm. the foundation of who we are. And um, but I'm glad you mentioned that because there are some people out there that are lost in their faith, or maybe they've walked away or they don't realize that that is a part of something that commitment the commitment that christ had to us mm -hmm. as the body and mm -hmm. what we commit to him um that commitment can be coupled into your relationship mm -hmm. and then when things get hard or things are there's despair hopelessness pain whatever mm -hmm. you can find your way back yeah. because you have that common foundation mm -hmm. that would be jesus christ yeah. and then you know it's like special love sacrifice i love that you say it's the person you pick because yeah. it is yeah i've never even thought about it that way mm -hmm. it's like this is the one person you pick yes and i'm like hey it's a choice yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and it starts there mm -hmm. and as life goes on you have to continually choose that person yes. again yes. Yes. see that's where the problems come in in marriage people want to say it's it's marriage itself is the problem because this is the pattern that we see or my parents got divorced or this is what happens mm. But like everything else in life, it's choice. Mm -hmm. You make a conscious decision, whether it's good, bad, right, wrong, indifferent, doesn't matter. You make a conscious choice in everything that you're doing. If you choose to be pissed off, you choose to be pissed off. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Maybe what he said did make me angry, but I'm choosing to be mad about that. How that. I choose to respond to that mm -hmm. is also my choice. Mm -hmm. If your response is, you know what, I'm done with this, I can't handle it, I'm leaving, you chose that right. marriage didn't do that to you nobody caused it to happen there is a cause and effect but you make the choice which one is going to happen 
how which effect is going to happen it's up to you mm-hmm. and a lot of of society people however you want to say it it come down to i don't want to accept responsibility for anything i'm just going to it's your fault right if i'm hurt it's on you mm-hmm. and i don't have to get past it i don't have to forgive it it's yours to deal with wrong you may have been the person that hurt me but it's my choice mm-hmm. to hang on to it and let it fester and let it eat at me and make things worse and make me a worse person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it's my choice to say, you know what? I don't want you in my life anymore, but I'm going to forgive you for this and I'm going to let it go and I'm going to do something new mm-hmm. and I'm going to find mm-hmm. the people that belong with me. Now, when it comes to me and him and our marriage, if he does something to hurt me, it's my choice to hold on or forgive. If I'm going to hold on to it, it's my choice to treat him like crap and let things keep continuing to fester and go bad Mm. if i choose to let him know dude that hurt and i don't know how we fix that so i need you to sit down with me and figure out how how do we spin this so that we're not constantly going through this again Mm -hmm. but it's a choice i chose to tell him if you don't tell him how does he know exactly if you don't work through it what do you do Mm -hmm. i mean our first 10 years dealing with autism and sickness and all these other things we never mm. talked about it mm. because both of us were dealing with our own stuff and I don't want to burden him and he doesn't want to burden me. We've got enough. Yeah. And then it came down to, well, if we would have just opened our freaking mouths <laughs> and said something to realize this is what it's doing to him and this yeah. is what it's yeah. doing to me and what do we do moving forward mm. so that we're not doing this mm. to each other and anymore? And come to find out he didn't really intentionally want exactly. to hurt you. Right. <laughs> well, it, it, like the, the Jack and Jill we were talking to before, we were just mentioning this earlier today. It's like, you know, he comes home and he does things for his wife because her, her language is acts of service. But what does it look like? Because your acts of service is not the same as mine. Coming home mm. and doing the dishes for me was like proving to me that I fell short today because I didn't get my stuff done. Mm. And you had to come in and pick up after me because I couldn't mm. do it. That wasn't mm. his intention at all. His intention was to come alongside me and help do something so that it was off my plate. What I wanted him to do, which he didn't know, was come take care of the kids. Let me finish my list of things to do so I feel accomplished. Yeah. And you go spend time with them so I don't have to be split between two things. But if we don't know that... Mm-hmm then you're unintentionally hurting the person and you have no clue that you did it. And now I'm over here pissed off at him because why do you keep picking up my stuff? Why do you keep showing me where I'm falling short? And he's over here going, I thought I was helping. "Uh." (laughs) Now he always tells me if something's up and and we don't know, he just give me the playbook. (laughs) Give me the playbook. What am I supposed to do here? And let's let's go from there. And it's like, okay. You understand. You have to. That's, That's exactly where it's at because... I can say anything all I want, but if she's hearing something totally different, Mm -hmm. then we're just, we're not going to be able to connect right. Mm -hmm. And so we live by one of the philosophies of say it ugly and then we'll clean it up. Mm. Just tell me. If you ever hear that, just be warned. (laughs) We we use it with everybody. I'm going to say this ugly, so just bear with me. (laughs) You know know something's coming. (laughs) You get a mulligan. Say it how you got to say it. And yes. we'll just work on it from there. And so. you just have to keep choosing, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, after so many years, it's like, you think things are just magically going to stay this way. Like, no, you got, yeah. you fell in love with this person doing A, B, and C. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to continue doing that. Like, it's not just going to automatically be on a steady wheel that just turns by itself. Like, no, you have to continuously choose 
I mean, love is an action, right? It's not a yeah. feeling. Like, one day you wake up crummy, and it's like, oh, well, I don't love you today, so I'm going to treat you like crap. Like, no. That's right. It's an action. And it's it always is. changing. People mm-hmm. are always changing. You know, you look at your, your love languages, and they're one thing when you got married, and then later on down the line, we redid ours, and we're going, that changed. This is different. <laughs> You know, and it's supposed to not change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my life changed mm-hmm. and the person that I became changed. Yeah. So, of course, these things are going to change because I'm not affected the same way I was mm-hmm. before. Right. But I don't think that a lot of people see that, you know, he, he went through a transformation and he became a different person. I had to change with that or get left behind. Mm-hmm. So I had to make a choice. I'm going to choose to see what he's doing and find out what works. And we're going to build from that. If you're not willing to make the decision to stick it out, don't sign the paper. Yeah. You know, if you're not really willing to put in the work, don't, don't, don't any relationship with me. If you're not willing to put in the work and it's going to end up being your five to my 50 walk, dude, I don't have time for it. I just don't. So true. (laughs) So, you know, next, you know, I had on the list here, um, give us a piece of advice marriage i think you've given us a lot but if you got something left john always has something <laughs> yeah um he's over there putting stuff on his phone I no 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i can't help but when i'm talking to people and when they're talking i just uh, for some reason just scripture just kind of keeps popping up into my head and it kind of helps me to uh to kind of understand where you all are coming from or you know where the conversation is being led but i i think even with this thing about love and marriage and and uh you know you said that it's changing and and, and the reality is that it does evolve you know you start off my advice is understand that love starts off one particular way but then ends up a different and you you have to adapt into that um i know that the greeks had their different loves uh in the west here we use the word love but the reality is that love it, it means different things, you know. Um, just because I say I love you, I can say I love you to my child. I can say I love you to my spouse. I can say I love you to my boss. I can say I love you to a friend. And those are those are those have different meanings different. behind them. Understand? Mm-hmm. And just like in your marriage, in the beginning, you you, you start off one one way, and and, and I think that we kind of start off with literally almost the most scariest part of love, which definitely the Greeks talk, talked about that that was something that that frightened them. Um, and that was arrows. That was kind of like that, kind of like loss of control of love. You, you fall head over heels over someone, and anything they say, you are just kind of like you just are there to do all their bidding. Like they just they got you, on the floor. right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're right? like, no, that wasn't part of this deal. <laughs> but then you, you, then it continues to evolve, right? And, and then, then it becomes more of a, a playful type of love as you get to know that person. You, you you feel more comfortable doing more things around them um, because then it's almost like the judgment part of the, the love is gone, right? Mm-hmm. Like you no longer have that, but you went through enough things to get to this part. And I believe that the Greeks call that ludus, right? Like that's the playful love. Uh, and obviously they have like six different varieties, but really it's more than six. But, but at the end, uh, they've got that, you gotta have that long standing love, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if we ever really get to the love that God has for us, which is the agape love, but we definitely get really, really close to it. I think in a marriage right. that has, uh, I'm not going to say survive, but a marriage that has thrived over a lifetime, whether if it's that's 10 years or 20 years or however long any of your listeners' marriage has been, 
you know, you're, you, you will know that look at your spouse, look at the person that you've been married to, and over the years you've seen not only a physical change in that person, right, but also the way that they accept you, mm-hmm. the way that they look at you. Absolutely, It's yes. different, right? So we call that pragma, right? Mm-hmm. That's that long-standing love. And I believe that a lot of uh, today's young couples are expecting to have all of those different loves in one package. Right. And it, it doesn't come like that. It, it is in the package as that person is a package, but it comes at the time that it needs to. And the Bible does say that there is a time for everything. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a time to cry. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to laugh, right? There's different times. And in, in, in anyone who is a human and has lived long enough, even I believe even a five-year-old child, has an understanding there has been different times in their lives that different things have happened. Mm-hmm. There's a time to have fun and things like that, but even in a relationship, in a marriage, there's time for different things. You, you must accept that when the time comes for you to stand firm and to be there for your spouse, right, because of whatever could be going on with her, it could be anything, it could be postpartum depression, it could be anything, whatever right. it is. Literally, yes, we do forget our wedding vows, we do forget that we're there for sickness and in, in health, we have a tendency of forgetting those things when they're not convenient to us. Mm-hmm. But there's times, again, times that marriage is not so convenient, is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what does the word say? The word of God says to be ready in and out of season, my friend. That's okay, right. so you got to be ready for her, whether if she's going through this or she's going through that. You all came into your marriage in a different way than Susie and I as far as with the kids. I believe that your very first child had... Um, maybe autism or some sort of issues, right? Disability, mm-hmm. Disability, I think it was a hearing you were telling mm-hmm. me. He was born with microtia, and then he was later diagnosed with um, autism. See, so for us, we only have four compared to y'all, but... You said only have four. Only, right? like right. it's, you know, right, but, <laughs> it's not a big deal. But for us, we didn't experience any of that until our fourth. Mm-hmm. Our first three, we didn't have any of these issues. So when it happened, it was strange to us. It was very strange to me, in fact, when Nicholas, uh, I believe he was at the year four, mm-hmm. four years in January, because it was before Eliza's birthday, um, I believe this is 2012, he started having seizures and stuff. And I had no idea what it was. And in fact, he used to sleep with Eliza. And Eliza came into the room and said, I think something is wrong with Nicholas. And he was in the bed, kind of like in an awkward, weird looking position. And there was, um, you know, sorry, but there was like slobber all over the bed and all around his mouth. And I'm like, well, maybe he's just cold. like. That's kind of weird that he's slobbering so much. So I brought him back, and I said, well, let me warm him up. So we brought him into bed with us, and at that time, Susie was still commuting to L.A., and I believe that you were just getting ready. I think you were just like, jumping in the shower. I was in the bed with Nicholas, and then he started having a seizure, and I didn't know that that's what it was. That's how ignorant I was to this. So I picked him up and kind of brought him over to where she was and said, hey, something is wrong with him. She goes, oh, my gosh, honey, he's he's having a seizure. you got to put him down. I'm like, oh, okay, and that was it. And then the next thing you know, we're calling the paramedics. You have them in front of our house. All of our neighbors are coming out, and what's going on? And that was the beginning of that for us. Yeah. Our lives You changed. just sat down in the roller coaster, and somebody just closed the belt over you. You were yeah. on the ride now, buddy. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. But, but, but that was that time for us. And even in that, right, our marriage and our love for one another isn't based upon a moment, right? It's everything, the entire history from beginning to where we're at today. If I'm basing decisions upon just this one isolated incident or moment, like, 
No, you, you sit back down and you think this over, my friend, right? That is not marriage. That, that is not, marriage is a lifelong thing, commitment. Doing this together, literally, no matter what. For me, I'm stuck because she already told you she doesn't believe in divorce. <laughs> she, <laughs> she believes in murder. murder. <laughs> <laughs> so I am kind of sweating as I'm telling you this. Gulps. <laughs> but it is, but it is, <clears throat> but marriage is, is an absolute, the most, one of the most beautiful things that I've ever been able to experience. Because if you think about it, even, and, and I know that maybe I am overdoing it, but as us being Christians and all, and, and experiencing our submersion and our baptism, it's actually a ceremony that we're actually getting married to God, mm. right? Is yeah. that not a commitment, a life unto here and, and forever more after? So we don't look at our marriage and we don't look at our friendships with other people as a 40 to 80 year lifespan. We look at it from now and forever. That we're doing life with y'all. Life and life until now, until the Lord calls us home, we will see you then. So we live for that moment. So literally, absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. So what people fear more, including during this COVID time and season, oh, I'm afraid of getting sick because I'm ultimately, ultimately what people are afraid of is dying, right? You're afraid of dying, but the reality is, as Christians, that is the one thing that we welcome because that is means that what we are living for is for that moment anyway. Now we just get to experience it a little bit sooner than somebody else, right? But it's not a bad thing. It is, it is absolutely, life itself is beautiful. And, and I mean, God has given us this amazing relationship, this other person that can come alongside you that is, to me, she's, she's, she's my helper. You know, she's my wife. She's my other half. She is literally like I, I, I left home to be with her. We leave home to be with one another, right? Like mm -hmm. she is everything. My, my desire in life is to see and to promote her happiness. And so marriage is a beautiful thing. I think the statistics say that something like as the men 40 years and above have a higher chance of being staying alive longer to having your wife there next to you because she not only protects you from speeding and, and getting tickets, but you know, she also you, looks out for your health. You know the saying, happy wife, happy life? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one you're looking for. And there you go. Let's go with that. You live a lot longer if you keep her happy. Yep. <laughs> Listen, she's right. You specifically live a lot longer. Yeah. I'm just saying, happy. he cooks, so I mean, at least you'll see it coming. Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Officer. Yeah. yeah. Anything you want to add to that, Susie? No. I mm. think we've said it all, you know. Okay, so what's your trick to being the wife? To being the wife? Mm-hmm. Because we grow up learning what we see. Mm -hmm. We grow up, um, my upbringing, the men, were, the men went to work mm -hmm. and the women did everything else. And if he was happy, great. If he's not, who cares? As long as the kids were handled, the house was handled, that was what we were taught. And I learned real quick how to man bash, real fast. Mm. And I learned to look for shortcomings real fast. <laughs> but I also learned in being married to Quincy, that's how it started. And then once we saw those things, something in me shifted to say, no, that's, that's not who he is. That's not how I, I don't want to make him that way because mm. of me. So I learned my version of being a wife, which is what I teach my children, is there are certain things that we do, and they're little things. It's not like, you know, there's this secret ingredient that we do. But what was it, what choice was it that you made? My choice was he goes out to work and I stayed home with the kids, and there were certain things that I noticed 
make him feel more comfortable when he comes home or make him feel more cherished when we do things or, um, you know, there were things that, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. I need the cough button. <laughs> if, if there's anything that will bring out the ugly in me, you come after my husband or you come after my children and I am a completely different human being and I forget God. That's not even in my vocabulary at this moment. If it is, it's not a good word. But there are things that I do to honor him and to respect him and to defer to him. I hate when people say you need to submit to your husband. It's not a submission like in a UFC fight where you've got to tap out and you just got to let him have what he wants. It just, that the image that comes with that word for me, it was such a trigger because that's what I grew up with mm. that I had to change how I view it. So now when Quincy and I say, what does that look like? My submission to him is not me giving up and giving him control. It's me deferring to him and saying, okay, this is what we're looking at. What do you think? This is what I think. Where do we meet in the middle? Are there some things where I have him take over and it's like, dude, this is your decision and I'm, whatever you decide, I'm going to walk it. Mm -hmm. Whether I like it or not, I'm just going to make the choice to walk it. What was that for you in this? Because obviously with a ministry and the autism and older kids and the different things that you guys have been through, there has to be a moment, I think, in every woman's life where we say, screw everybody else. Screw whatever's going to come at me. This is my man. I made this decision. Mm -hmm. I don't care about anything else. What was it? I think in the beginning, it didn't start off like that, right? I mean, I don't think I was, anyone does. <laughs> yeah, I was like 20 years old, super young. I mean, what I remember from my parents being married, yeah, my mom was a stay-at-home wife. You know, she did everything. She cooked, cleaned, took care of us. Um, I don't remember too much of their relationship. Um, I mean, it, it seemed fine on the outside. I, I really don't know. Um, but my mom did pass away early when I was 18 years old, so I don't remember too, too much of that. But um, I think everything we just, at least I, just took it a day at a time. I know we had our ups and downs, and of course, I'm trying to control, you know, to try to save him from his bad decisions. And honestly, it just took one day that it's like, what am I even trying to do? Like, if I actually can control him, you know, like, I, I can't. Mm -hmm. There's no way. And that's where, like, honestly, faith did come through. And it's like, I, I, I quit. Like, I can't even control anything anyway. Like, I'm just going to give it up to God and just pray I'm going to let him know, you know, what I think or what I feel. But ultimately, like, he's going to have to answer to a higher power, you know. And it's so funny because, like, that one day that he actually did come home, he was expecting me to be super upset, probably throw all his stuff outside and, like, I usually do. <laughs> and I'm just in my room. I'm not even waiting in the living room. And he just comes inside, like, all scared, like, why, why aren't you, like, the quiet wife that's the worst yes. huh? it's like wait she's quiet and she's calm exactly <laughs> and i'm like oh don't worry about it i have a i had a conversation with god so you're just gonna have to take it up with him and that was like honestly the thing that just woke him up and he's like oh snap like i actually do have someone that i am accountable to like what you know so i think the more that i pretty much 
study the scriptures because honestly like it's both ways right like he doesn't carry my relationship with christ um but in just learning scripture and what he calls of me it's like he's pretty clear it's in black and white like you can read it for yourself and i'm not responsible for him like he has responsibilities that he needs to provide for me but it doesn't say okay well you love your husband or you respect your husband only until he does a b and c Mm -hmm. like it just says do it regardless of what he's doing or not you have to do it so that's like what always brings me back even with ministry as hard as it is as hard as it is people betraying him and me wanting him to quit it's like I can't even ask him that because that's his calling that's what makes him him you know so all I could do is just come alongside him and just give him what I can and just look at him sometimes as my brother too and pray for him and if he's struggling be the helper and try to help him and you know like we just want peace I know I want peace so things like you were saying you're pissed off at him and it's like it's a choice like Mm -hmm. okay I could choose to talk to you about it I'm giving you an option. You could stop this. You could not stop this. But ultimately, regardless of whatever, I'm still going to respect you. I'm still going to honor you, you know. Um, I'm so, like, happy and thankful that I I have never cursed him out, you know. Because, I mean, I've seen. (laughs) (laughs) I have seen. No, I mean, we've seen so many couples that it's like, you know, the F-bomb to each other. And, like just the worst and that is just something that like none of us both of us have like never crossed that line you know as mad as i have been as much as i have wanted to like me biting my tongue i have stitches in my tongue of how much i you know have bit it just kidding but um but yeah because once you actually say that there's no coming back from that you know what i mean it's like you you can't take it back you can't change the past you know so yeah honestly like that just what keeps me grounded and regardless of what he does it's like I'm also accountable to someone else you know and I have my kids who were like living examples to them too yeah you know and it's like even though you can tell them like okay do what I say instead of what I'm doing no that doesn't work like they're gonna do what you do Mm -hmm. you know so absolutely so yeah constant prayer Mm -hmm. too to give me patience and grace and everything so yeah so that's what yeah on all honesty it's not easy and it's not just i'm doing what i'm told it's the choice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. making it every time the choice to say you know what this is what you're doing and i don't like it and this is what's hurting me and i'm gonna give the decision to you i'm gonna follow you in whatever you do but you need to know this is what it's doing to me. Mm-hmm. That That is probably the hardest thing for married couples to do mm-hmm. because I want you to do what I want right. and you want me to do what you want and one of us has to be right. Mm. And being able to just say right, wrong, or indifferent, this is what's happening and this is what it's doing to me and this is what I see it's doing to you. Mm-hmm. Your choice. Mm-hmm. I'll follow. That's my choice. Mm-hmm. But I think when that when people come to a place where they finally present it and say, this is what's going on, and I'm choosing to go with you, but you're choosing and continuing to hurt me. Mm-hmm. If you're choosing to change that, I'm still going with you. 
but yeah. what are you going to choose in the middle? And I think that's that's one of the hardest things. I mean, even teaching our children, that is one of the hardest things to get my kids to understand is you can still be someone's friend if they hurt you, but you need to tell them, this is hurting me, mm. and I'm still going to be your friend, but I need you to know that when you do this, this is what you do to me. Mm-hmm. And this is how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I love you any less. It means you are consciously now making this decision mm-hmm. to hurt me. Yeah. And I think it's just a whole different perspective. If we all took that approach yeah. to look at it and realize all they're asking you to do is acknowledge you did something that hurt. Mm-hmm. You can change it or not. That's your choice. But now you know, so you're accountable to it. And if you're doing it to me on purpose, now it's my choice of what to do from here. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and it's compromised, honestly, with so many things, you know? It's like, okay, well, this is becoming a problem. Like, where where can we meet? Like, fine, mm-hmm. you can't stop this, but meet me somewhere in the middle. Like, you know, you give some, I give some. Like, we're, we're in this. For the long haul, like let's make this easy. So yeah, choice, compromise, constantly. Or murder. <laughs> or that. That's the last one. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I I uh, I love uh, what you guys have shared with us today. I really appreciate it, and I know I know it'll be enriching and and, and very valuable for our audience to hear your perspective. Um, they know how to reach out to us. If somebody wants to reach out to you, is there like a a base email address or you just want me to have them read you know uh susie usually handles that i'm not a social media or any kind of anything uh fan she handles a lot of no that. he just assaults you in person <laughs> if it was he up just to likes me, phone I'll, calls yeah i'll probably put my phone number i know he's getting like and a I'll, million phone calls uh, don't do that let's yeah. not do that yeah so that, is there that's what happens. any kind of an email address or something like a church yes, email or something there is our ministry email which is h mm-hmm. like ham c like cat m like mary um f o r youth y-o-u-t-h at gmail so hcm for youth at gmail yep that's our email so definitely if they want to get in contact with us of course oh yeah they know it's we'll throw it in the uh we'll throw it in this in the show notes i don't think you have to say dot com anymore just like you you don't have to say it's all lowercase. There's no capitals and there's no See, spaces. That's like, why I, that's why it's like, listen, people, we know there's no more capitals. We know there's no space. And there's a WWW. <laughs> oh, man. it's exactly. uh, It's been great. Thank you, John and Thank Susie. Thank you, guys. And, uh, Thank you. Um, um, yeah. Us. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, we can do it again. I mean, y'all have so much to share. Oh, yeah. Um, but I really appreciate it. And uh, if you have nothing else, we'll wrap it up. Definitely. All right. awesome. Yeah, I'm Thank good. You. Do you have anything else? No, that's it. No. I appreciate you all so much. Yep. I just pray blessings upon you that the Lord will continue to bless this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone who's out there is listening. I pray a blessing upon you that you could receive this and that God will just fill you with whatever wisdom He gives you. And uh, yeah, just pray everybody has a great rest of the year. Yeah. Yep, let's great. do it. All right, that's John and Susie. This Thank is you. the Nelson Studio. Jeannie Moran, to my right, you hot, sexy woman. And I am Quincy Moran. And this is man versus marriage podcast how good do you want your life to be you gotta live on purpose for a purpose it's truly about becoming the best version of yourself it's possible this is man versus marriage the podcast
changed. <laughs>